October. It's finally here. And guess what that means? Cocoa weather. It's time for hot cocoa. With two hands? With two hands and a sweater. And you don't want to mix your hot cocoa with tainted water, right? We want the good stuff. The water without the lead, arsenic, fluoride, chloroform, and all a bunch of other chemicals and toxins. This next clip that I'm going to play is actually the owner of Enaviv. His name is Trent Spafford. He's going to give you a little bit more information on what is in your water. Take a listen. Fluorosilicic acid. It is so acidic that it will burn through concrete. I have pictures, and maybe I can send it to you. You can put it on the podcast. Yeah, I'd love to. It, there's, I have a picture of the actual container in an actual water treatment plant in Draper. I interviewed the water master uh-huh. for like three hours. He took me on a tour of the water treatment plant. And I said, can I get a picture of that little con- that warning label? And on the warning label of what's being dripped into our water, warning, do not take internally. Oh, my. Fatal if swallowed. Fatal. And they're just dumping it in the water. Supply. They're dripping it slowly into the water. So you guys listened to it. You just heard that small clip, but... That is the reason why I wanted them to be my sponsor. I seeked them out. And in return, we made this beautiful partnership. Please have them test your water. They will do it for free. They will come out there and test it for free. Or you can go to their location in Pleasant Grove and get it tested there, which is actually very beautiful. And I'm not just talking about Utah people. They can test anybody's water in the United States. So please give Enavi a call today at 801-993-0080. Or you can go to their website at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Please tell them that I sent you because I want them to know that they're getting their money's worth, that I am able to send people to them so that they can get their water tested. And then hopefully you guys do take action. And not only will you get hooked up by saying my name, Becca Hayes, uh, you'll receive half off a chemical remover, but you're also going to let them know that they are making the right choice to sponsor this show. So you guys can continue to listen to me run my mouth. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Again, call them at 801-993-0080. Tell them that Becca Hayes sent you. Can we freeze the way to be? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Everyone, every hey, blah, blah. Now I now I'm stumbling on my words. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Great start. Great start. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes, and with me today is an awesome, amazing special guest, Harry Thomas. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi, Becca. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for deciding to come onto my show. Um, Harry, my gosh, I have a list to introduce you guys to Harry because he's just a phenomenal person. Like he does it all. You kind of remind me of myself. (laughs) Um, So Harry is a life coach. Actually, we've just recently changed that to soul coach, motivational speaker. He's the creator of Think Future, Feel Now, and then also has a podcast with his buddy, Lads Talk Health. So you have a lot going on. I recently discovered Harry somebody which I don't even think I was friends with so it's actually quite interesting because I get people that 
send me a lot of videos of especially what's going on in the world today with the pandemic and things that are very highly censored they send me so i'm kind of used to getting that and then whatever i that resonates with me i put out into the world um i'm i am highly censored as well so it ha i have to be careful with what i choose to put out there if i really feel like i mean I've, i feel like all of it is important but like there's certain things that i i pick and choose because um, i don't want to just blast people with you know because it, it can play a negative role on your heart and your soul when you constantly see you know what's going on in the world today like you i feel like you just need to have like a give and take with that information and so somebody which obviously i'm so thankful for but somebody messaged me and like i said i wasn't friends with them so it didn't go into my direct inbox somebody had messaged me and i just for some reason and i don't always check this i just felt like i'm like i'm just gonna check my uh my messages that you know don't come directly to me and then there was a video of you, Harry, there was a video of you standing up for your rights and speaking um, about what happened to you. You were held in a jail cell for like over six hours. The stuff that happened to you prior to that was just an insane story. And um, and then you were telling people how to, how to speak your rights, how to know your rights. And I just was like, and I mean, it was like a 22 minute video, you know, and usually like I'm just skimming through, but I watched the whole damn thing. Like I was like on the edge of my seat, like this guy gets it. He's like <laughs> telling you guys what to say in like in certain situations, like this is going to happen. You, you got to say this. So I just commend you so much for speaking your truth, for not backing down because there's so many of us, um, that we get to the, we have breaking points. Right. And then there, it gets to a point where it's fear. We're scared um, that we're going to go to jail. We're scared that, holy crap, they're going to fine us a lot of money. Like there's so much fear involved right now. And you you just stood your ground and you're just like, no, I'm not going to do this. I know my rights. I know you, I know your position and I know what you can do, which <laughs> is badass, right? Like a lot of these police officers, and we're going to get into the story in just a minute. A lot of these police officers don't even realize what their rights are. I swear to you, it's just like, well, we have to do this. No, you don't. Technically, it's illegal what you're doing. And so I love that you're like reading the police officer's rights. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty badass. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna get into that. And then also we're gonna, there's so much about you. Like, I feel like this is gonna be a longer podcast than normal, but it's so worth it. So if you guys hang in there till the end, I think you're gonna get just so much knowledge and information from this podcast um harry has also gone through uh, an amazing spiritual uh journey and awakening like the transition of your life i was snooping and found i came across one of your blogs harry about how you uh blacked out in a cab and woke up in a jail in a different country like crazy shit. so i'm so excited just to hear about your stories and like how you transitioned into that spiritual awakening. Like it's just so, so cool. So stay tuned for that guys. But first we're gonna get into what recently happened with Harry, um, how he stood his ground and, um, you know, just t tell everybody the story, what happened, Harry. Yeah, so I think the first thing just to start, I sound like a rebel the way that you introduced that. Um, <laughs> I'm just a normal guy that <laughs> I just want peace. So I've had a few uh, confrontations with peace over the years, some my mistake and some uh, recently that they, they, they were in the wrong. Um, 
So I, I'd be living out in Brazil for five months and my mum wanted me to come back and see uh, her. They just moved house. So eventually I, I caved in, uh, the only thing that I caved in for, <laughs> and uh, I flew over to, to see my mum. Um, but being in Brazil, that was a red zone country. And the UK government on their website say that you have to spend 10 days in a hotel quarantine, which you have to pay for £2,200. Or you'd have to spend 10 days in another country, which is green zone, which is quite difficult to find anyway. So it had to be in like Croatia, for example. I, I don't really want to be back in the UK for too long. So 10 days out of my life is not what I really wanted to do. So. I don't believe in this whole pandemic from the very get-go. There's so many things just to uh, to show that it's a 99.7% survival rate. So you've got a 0.3% uh, chance of dying. You've got more chance of dying from the wind uh, if you stepped out your house than you have from COVID. So I've, I've already known that the whole thing was a joke. So all these rules and regulations that are being put in place, I don't agree to. And sometimes you don't agree to rules, but there's a logical reason why they put it in place. So you can say, okay, I accept that. But because I don't agree to it and no one can give me a justification of, of why they put it in place, then I, I'm entitled to ask a question that should come back with a simple answer, but it never does. So I had literally mapped out this whole thing. And, and if you look at what I do, I, I literally, my whole life, I download information and then I share information and I'm, a life coach and like literally everything that happens in my life now helps with my my life so i i have a few intentions so i i literally soak information on a sponge so i studied common law uh, a long time ago and common law i guess in america you have the constitution so that, like as a, a a human being we have our human being rights but then we've also got things that have been put in place by our governments and the politicians that are called regulations and acts. So they're two different things, ones that we have to abide by. And as a, as a human being, we know that our soul tells us what's right or wrong, that you don't steal, you don't kill, you don't disturb the peace. That's all we're entitled to do. And if you do that, you can live a, a really good life and everyone will get on fine. We can at least ask the question, or at least go and do our own research to find out why. And, and that's what I did. Um, so I, I made the commitment, I'm not doing a 10 day quarantine. And I mapped out the whole thing on the way back. My my flight back from Brazil, I had 11 hours where I literally meditated on the plane, every single scenario that would come at me and had that answer for it. Oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, I, I was ready for it. And, and with my line of work now, I've I've been through a bit of a, a roller coaster the last few years. Got myself in trouble, did things that I, I regret, um, but I've really worked on my own kind of inner peace and and what's the best way? I'm calm now. I, I don't stress out about things. So I, I can I can be present any any conversation, no matter what's thrown at me. So the one thing that I made clear was whatever confrontation which I knew was going to come my way, I'd be as as calm as I'd like. I'd be a, a really nice guy. So the only aggression would only come from them. So um, I managed to get back to the UK, which was my first goal, just get back there okay. And once I got back to the UK, uh, when I met immigration, my suitcase had been taken to a separate terminal for uh, the fact that I'd been in a red zone country. So like it's already automated on the system. 
And at that point, I know I was going to have this this whole conversation. Um, do you want me to go through step by step of what happened? Oh yes, people people need to know. Like this is this is what got me into it. Like because I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And yeah, please take us through what happened. Amazing. So I, I got to the immigration and everyone's been on holiday. You hand your passport over. Some countries are a lot more intimidating than others. But this terminal had literally been evacuated for just people going to the ho- uh, the COVID hotel package. And, and for, for the viewers listening, uh, it's 10 days in a hotel, which is effectively like a prison. You get one hour of uh, fresh air time where you get to walk around the car park. And I got to, I got to see that later on. Um, but the rest of the time you're in your room and you eat when they give you the meals. So it's not, there's no freedom in this at all. So it's not like, oh, you're living the life in a hotel, you're in prison. And I can show you countless videos of this in not even just in the UK, Australia is even worse. You don't even get sunlight. And you're paying for this prison. Like this isn't even for a free prison. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. Pay, pay <laughs> so uh, I, I got to the thing. The first question they said, um, can you show me your hotel package, please? And I said, oh, I haven't got one. I won't be doing it. And he looked at me. He's like, yes, you will. And I said, no, I won't be doing it. I haven't broken any laws. And because it was an empty um, airport, it was just all the immigration officers. There were about eight behind the desk. Supervisor said, you're, you're going to go to the hotel. Everyone goes to the hotel. I said, I won't be. And a question to ask anyone, guys, because because I mentioned there's only a few laws that we need to follow. What law am I breaking? If someone if someone gives you a rule or a law to follow or, or yeah, a regulation to follow, I want a justification for it. So I asked the question, what law am I breaking? And I know they can't answer it. It's the COVID Regulations Act. I went, but what, what law is that? It's an emergency law. I went, well, can you show me the law, please? And he went £5,000 fine straight away. You think you're clever. Um, so he's, he slapped the £5,000 on for refusing uh, the COVID package. So this is another thing. They can make up rules. And at that point, that might scare someone. I haven't got the money to be paying that anyway. But again, I was expecting all these numbers to be thrown at me. Another thing that uh, to realise is when companies issue fines on you, if you haven't broke the law, you don't have to pay it. But what happens is we normally sign a bit of paper. So we've agreed to something. It's like, yeah, fine, I'll take it without even realizing it. And um, so £5,000 fine. So I, at that point, I got my phone out. And this is another thing, protect yourself and you can back it up. So I started recording him and he got really agitated straight away. Um, you can't record me. I was like, well, you're not letting me into my own country. You haven't told me what law I'm breaking. Um, so I'm going to record you for my, my purposes. And you could see he was really like getting frustrated. So in the end, he asked me to stop recording. So I did. Um, he wouldn't let me in. So I said, at this point, you're going to have to get the police then because uh, it's not going to get solved from this conversation. So he's gone off. The guy behind the, the desk is filling out my form. I wasn't engaging with him at this point because I wouldn't be signing it. But I had a few minutes then to prepare myself for when the police come. And in my head, I had an idea of what I was going to say. And every police officer, usually I can imagine, would get on it, get involved for the right reasons. So they, they sign an oath. So their duty, their main duty, if you search it, is to protect the people. But the police uh, force in the UK and, and every other place around the world is actually an organized or corporation. 
So although they're meant to protect the people, there's also a money element to it as a business. And they have their quotas and stuff as well. So I, my friend was on a common law course, um, which is the law of the land, God's law, peace law, quite simple. Um, and I just asked him, can you quickly just put me in touch with someone just to confirm what I'm going to say? And she just uh, gave me a bit more than what I had, but it, it gave me their regulations that they had signed. And she said, look, all you have to say is three things. Stay calm, stay uh, collected, just say these three things and then you're fine. So what, and again, I'm, I'm expecting these things to come back. And the line of work I do, I work with, I work with people that have been told they're going to die. They've got cancer. And when people got cancer, and, and they're significant to this, you have to protect your energy because you need all your energy to heal. And what I notice is when you have cancer, everyone else becomes an expert. Oh, you shouldn't do this. You should go to bed early. You should go vegan. You should do chemo. But what that does is people get agitated every time because deep down they're like, if only you knew, I would sleep if I could sleep. But they're giving their away their energy. And what they're teaching is, is expect everyone else's opinion to come. It comes from a place of love, but they say stupid things. So rather than getting wound up every time it comes, turn it into a game. What, how many stupid comments can I get today? And you laugh about it, you get your energy back. So I just use that same analogy. Whatever the police were going to throw at me, whatever the people are going to come, I'm laughing now. I've got more content for my YouTube video. So the... Um, <laughs> The, the police then come and the lady said, they're going to try and say, right, you're going to have to go. I just stopped in that track, put my hand up and said, can you show me your warrant card, please? Give me a full name. And they're like, no. And the lady had already said, they'll say no twice. Like, they just shut you down. I said, can you give me a warrant card and show me your, you know, have you seen that video? I've got, I've got that recorded as well. No, I have to watch that. Actually, I've been meaning to watch that one. <laughs> I'm excited to watch that. That's on your yeah. uh, Instagram, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm going to watch that one. So... Uh, so I asked twice, and then by the third time, if a police refuses to give his identity to you, you remind them of the Police Act of 1996 and uh, refusing to identify yourself as a police officer, that's a six-month prison sentence. And you can see they just literally stopped in their tracks and straight away, here's my shoulder number and the surname, and I said, your name? So like in terms of power and energy, which I work with, I just took it all. Right? It was on my lap at this point. Um, but again, then they tried talking again. I stopped them and said, are you guys acting under oath now? Um, and a police officer has to say yes, because if they don't, they're not acting under oath. And that's a prison sentence. So it's kind of like it's, the, the, these things have been put in place for our protection, but we don't know about it. So then they said, yes, acting under oath. Uh, I've been acting under oath for 18 years, mate. It's okay. And then the, the third part, uh, I then reminded them of the, the Criminal Justice Act of 2015, Section 26, Subsection 3. I remembered it like that. And <laughs> I just it. read it out to them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the end of that, they started talking. I stopped them again and said, that is a 14-year prison sentence. And, and the reason why I say this, like that's how serious it is if they're lying they're here to protect the people so if they don't do what they've signed up to they go to prison for it so it's a serious thing so i i said that and that's all i needed to say at that point and i knew in my head that if i weren't going to get through i'd take i'd take the cell uh, the police station i was ready to go in there for 24 hours um 
So I was just waiting as a back and forth game after that. And but he dismissed everything I said. And he's like, look, we're not here to share your beliefs. You're going to the hotel and blah, 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 blah. And I kept reminding him, you're not acting under oath at the moment. I haven't broken any laws. And you'll see at the at, by the end of the video, just get more and more frustrated. They're, they're trying to scare you into a number of different things. And this is going to get out of control. It's going to spiral out with debts. Like, you should just go across the hotel now. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to the cell. And at the final point, they said, right, I'm about to arrest you. Um, this is going to be your last warning. I want you to really think about it. Um, you can either go 10 days to the thing, or we're going to put you in a cell, and it's going to take a long time. And then he went up to 24 hours. <laughs> I said, I'll take the cell, please. <laughs> so um, he, they, they put me in handcuffs. So it even got to the point where the police officers were asking who was going to arrest me between each other. You do it. No, 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 you do it. I'll, I'll do it then. That's fine. And he, he gave him the speech, and in the end, he put me in the handcuffs, and they walked me to the... the the police van and I just kindly asked them to to get my suitcase for me as well um so then I was in the van and again uh they, he was worried I, I don't know you could sense that he was a bit worried so he's always checking how I am and stuff and we got to the station they then uh, said I could take your handcuffs off you seem like a nice guy what do you do I work with people that have terminal illnesses I tell them all and you can see they felt really sorry for me at this point <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, milk, I'm milking it a bit, but I, I knew my rights, so, and this is the thing, I, it's my truth, and, and if I speak my truth, that's their problem to deal with, I, I don't need to get involved with what, how their reactions are, and so the sergeant comes out, a female, gives me the same old story, and this time, um, I could see what they were doing. They were just holding me there to see if I would get a bit scared to then say, okay, I'll go to the hotel, and they asked me again, and they said, you're going to go either way. Um, and then the lady said, I said, well, if I go in there, like, what's going to happen? We can do one day in here, then nine days in the hotel. And I said, well, I'm not doing that. She goes, well, you'll go to prison then. And I went, prison? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's what I, I laugh because you can't go prison unless a judge tells you to go to prison. So went into the cell. Oh, that was one more thing. Because I said, I don't believe in COVID. Well, you better keep your mouth shut when you come in here. One of my colleagues has died from COVID a few weeks, so you you think it's not real. And again, I didn't even want to have that comment. Uh, someone dies, I'm, I'm guessing they had a vaccine if it was labelled as COVID in, in this time. And, and last year, people died after contracting COVID. And, and a lot of the time, it's underlying in health conditions and stuff as well. But people die from the flu every single year. People die, that is the, the world we live in. Uh, but to use that to try and make me feel bad, uh, yeah, I just I just thought that was quite interesting that you'd throw that in there. So then they put me in the cell um, and they gave me a bit of paper with what my rights were uh, after being detained in there. Um, I thought I'd make the most of it, so I meditated for a little while in there. <laughs> and um, I, I, I was very calm and it got to the stage where I, I was waiting for about three hours and I, I didn't know why I was waiting so long. And there was like people next door banging, drunk people that must be being arrested. And then I just read the piece of paper. It said, you're allowed to be in uh, up to 24 hours. It could go up to 36 with the judge, but either way you will be let go. So I then just rang the, the bell to say, but why am I even in here? I haven't, what have I done to start with? I'm not a criminal. Um, you've put me in a cell that's got a toilet, a sink, and a little mat to sit on. I said, uh, 
this this is not uh, justified. Can I speak, please now speak to someone? Um, in America, I think you only get one call. I got a few calls. So I phoned my parents first, just said, oh, I'm going to be a bit late. Um, run into a bit of complications. <laughs> Don't make dinner <laughs> uh, my dad, yet. Just... My dad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, I, I phoned the, the lady that advised me, um, but she didn't answer. Um, then the police officer come back and he was just waiting around and he said, Harry, either way, we're going to take you to the hotel. And I was like, no, no, I'm staying in here. And he was like, no, you can't. You have to go to the hotel. And I looked at him and I said, you were under oath and you've gone against that. That's a 14-year prison sentence. And without him thinking about it, he went, I didn't arrest you. It was the other one. Oh, <laughs> he my just gosh. said it like that. <laughs> and I, and, and that, and that point, I knew. I, I, I knew that I hadn't. So I said, I need to speak to that lady now. Um, so they took me outside and uh, got the phone call. And she just... Um, she literally just said, put me onto the detention manager. And you could see that she was reading out what my rights was. And he was shaking right in the pen. Um, the other two didn't even want to take the phone call. And then when they got taken in, I said, she's good, isn't she? And he's like, yeah, she's really good. She's lethal and she knows her stuff. <laughs> um, but this is, the, this is the key bit. If you just know... It's the same. I follow everything that's happened in America for the last four years. If we pay attention, we understand that all this stuff influences our life. So again, it's happening, but we choose not to. And I think they normally put all these geeky people in, in there because you don't resonate with them. You don't fight, so you're not paying attention. What's happening in the world at the moment, we're now waking up. And anything that gets put through Congress or uh, put through as regulation, we're now asking questions about it. And, th and this is what I love about people taking up that, back their power. But do your own research. Because too often we rely on someone else to tell us, right, take this pill, it's going to do this. Or I used to be a personal trainer. Like people would come in, tell me what to do, and they don't understand what's going on. So find out the reasons why so you can make it your own truth and you can be confident. You can see I'm confident now, but that's only because I've, I've, I've learned it and and I understand it now. And, and um, yeah, so I'm just thinking where I was. So after the phone call with the detention, uh, the... A common law expert within 15 minutes the sergeant come knocked on the door and said look we're going to let you go without charge but it's our duty still to drop you to the hotel oh my so gosh would, i had no would they let it go already <laughs> like come yeah. on buddy oh okay go on and, and then st still and then still threatened me to say uh, uh he said harry this is your last chance. If you run away from the hotel, you're going to get a 10 grand fine and we're going to come and lock you up again. And I didn't even, I, I gave them no attention at that point. I didn't even talk to him because I, I just felt a bit frustrated and annoyed that uh, I had to go through all that. Got to the hotel, they dropped me off and I walked into the hotel and I said, I'm not signing anything. And the hotel manager, you fucking better sign something. And I was like, it, it, excuse me? They and said the this guy was to uh, you? F swore at me like and this is this is kind of the analogy it's like me walking into the the hilton hotel now i look around and go actually i don't want to stay here and the manager goes you fucking better stay here that's that's the, exactly the same comparison oh you changed my so mind like, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the baked beans look good on the right? menu <laughs> <laughs> don't spit in my food please <laughs> yeah
And so I said, I haven't broken any law. You have broken a law. And they saw me get dropped off in the police station. So there's all the security is in this hotel. Like it's empty. It's all kind of boarded up. So it, it's horrible. Um, I said, I'm not signing anything. I haven't broken any law. He had my passport. Um, and then the common law advisor again had me, she said, put me on loudspeaker. Harry, grab your bags, grab your passport, walk out. And the security guard are trying to touch you. She said, if they touch you, we'll sue their ass as well. Um, so they just moved back slowly and the manager was just raging. I'm going to get the police on you. I went, get the police. They, they are the ones who dropped me here in the first place. <laughs> they know me pretty good. And, they know me by my first name. Yeah. All I have to say is Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing with all of this is when it comes to common law, it's the individual versus the individual. So we're all equal as humans. Because he went against his oath, I now have the right to claim back the hours that I spent in, inside on him. And, and my quote was £1,000 an hour. So I had the idea of if the police come and arrest me again, it would have gone through the same process. And I would have just got very wealthy by going through this again. So, again, I, I was happy to go through it, although it was an inconvenience. I, I was happy to do it. And that was effectively the story. I, I then... I got a taxi back um, and back now with my parents. But even coming back from the UK, if it wasn't from a red list country, you have to have a, a track and trace. They come and knock at your house. Please check where you are. And even that's against the law, but people go and accept it. But I didn't have no one come to our house. No one checked up on me. I've had no phone call since. So effectively, I have been a free man since I come back. No fines because I've not agreed to it. Um, and what I, I really got out of it was the fact that I'd read this stuff, I put it into practice and it worked perfectly, but it just gave me the confidence to be able to, to speak my truth, even to police officers. And, and, and if you see on the videos, I did it all respectfully. None of it was cocky. None of it was aggressive. All the lies and the, the, the fibs and stuff only come from them. So I think I can hold my head up high and, and, and it's paid off since because uh, the response has been incredible. I absolutely love it. Oh my gosh. I, I love that you seem like a very Zen person. You seem like good energy. Just, I mean, for fuck's sake, you work with terminal ill people. Like you, you have to have that personality, that empathy, like you have to have that, that energy about you. But then again, you're like, well, no, I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. These are my rights. And you still went through because some people, and I've know I've dealt with this, especially, you know, my, my main career used to be just in media. And then, you know, I briefly told you I got let go because, um, you know, I started speaking out and obviously they didn't say that was the reason it was downsizing, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I know it was a big part of it. And, um, but then I got to the point where, so then I started speaking out and saying, Hey, these are, this is a pandemic. This isn't right. But then people were like, you're just angry. You're just, I'm like, no, no, I'm not angry. I just know my truth and I'm going to speak my truth. And it doesn't matter. Like the people that need to hear it, will hear it. The people that understand will understand. Like, it's just, all that matters is that you will always just be you and that you will just always speak your truth. Like be authentic, be your true self. And so I love that you were able to hold that demeanor and be this type of person. And you, you carried it out until the end. And I think that is so awesome. And I think that is key is, is keeping your calm, knowing your rights, knowing, you know, researching it yourself, like all that is key components. Um, so let me ask you people that are going 
and obviously I've, I'm seeing a big change in the world. I really do feel like it is starting. I feel like truth is down here on the bottom and, you know, deception and lies are on the top, but I really feel like there is a transition. It is starting to flip back again and I feel it. I see it. Um, now the people that are kind of on the middle, right? They're kind of like, Oh, I, I don't believe in this and I, I, I don't like it. It makes, it makes me, you know, obviously feel a little depressed, whatever. What advice do you have for them to get them moving in more of that positive direction, more of that truth seeking direction and in, in speaking their truth for the, for the people that are in the middle, right? Because we can't help everybody. Like all we can do is, is speak our truth. And if it helps you and resonates with you, great, but we can't lift everybody up. So what do you have, what advice do you have for those people that are kind of in the middle? Yeah, so I, I would say let's even come off the topic of COVID. Let, let's talk about your life, for example, because everyone can agree to this. We've all had an amazing idea. And then your mum tells you, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that. That's dangerous. Or that's going to cost you loads of money. Or, or your dad did this and it failed. And because you love them and they're there to protect you, as a naysayer, we don't go ahead with it. And then something later on, I was like, I wish I just made that decision. That's ego stopping you, and that's that soul telling you, I told you. So if you keep having these moments in your life and you're not happy and you realize there's certain things that you should have done, that's where we start. Like Trust in your intuition and, and go with it from that level because COVID is quite confusing and the truth-seeking movement are like, you're stupid and you shouldn't do vaccines, and there's quite a lot of aggression from even that side. And that's been one of the feedbacks I got is I wasn't ranting. I, I, I kind of just explained it just as a conversational level. So I'd say to start with is check in with yourself. Like, are you happy where you are in your life at the moment? And are there decisions that you wish you could have made? Relationships is a big one. Are you in a relationship that yeah, you actually know that you want to get out of, but there's something, oh, I could change him or win it for the kids? But deep down, you know, so, so, so have that conversation with yourself first and then take, imagine if you banged your head, you've forgotten about everything, like your whole past is irrelevant now. You've banged your head, you've got a bad memory and now someone's just presenting to you and you've got, you've got a lot of do doctors, you've got a lot of scientists, you've got a lot of people saying, please don't take the vaccine. There's no research on it. There's credible people. It, it's logical. It's a 0.03% chance of dying versus, well, I don't know. I don't know one person in the world that's gone, this vaccine's made me feel incredible. Like I feel fantastic from it. So if you just use that logic alone, what does your child like logic? If I presented that to any kids, that would pick that one every time. So it's to almost say that we've got to just forget what you know and just take it without any emotions involved at all. And you can roll that across every area of your life. Make that decision first. Then next is like, right, who can I go and listen to the stories and, and, and take this on that makes sense? And so, again, you avoid all the aggressive people. There's certain credible people on there, which, again, I guess we can both uh, put you in touch with. And just make that decision yourself. It, it, that's the first step, I would say, is take, the, take back or take away the distraction and just check in what feels right. Because if there's any like uncertainty, that means there's more questions to answer. If it just feels uh, okay, that makes sense. Go with that one. That's your your intuition. I absolutely love your answer. I was just like beaming from ear to ear, just listening to you. I'm like, yes, preach, <laughs> preach. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I mean, you're still in the UK right now, right? Okay. 
Yeah. Do you have plans to go back to Brazil anytime soon? I'd like to be out there again in four weeks. Legal actions. Are you taking any legal actions against the people that uh, the whole situation happened? Uh, I, I would like to, to prove a point. Um, I, I don't want someone spending 14 years in prison uh, because they're doing their jobs at the end of the day as well. But I would like to take it to that point just to, just to show people, actually, look, we do have the power. And if someone disrespects you and they're acting against the law, then they should pay for it too. So I'm, I'm going to claim that money for sure, because I did spend a lot of time to pay taxi fees and stuff as well, inconvenient. Um, so I, I am going to um, speak to the, the, the advisors and, and go down that route. I don't want the stress. I don't need it. But at the same time, there's so much stress that we're being thrown at, which is nonsense. It's bullshit. So if I can make a big point here and other people can take this on, because this is another thing. So many people like got a bit more confidence. I've given them a step-by-step guide. The police officers spent six hours with me. Imagine if eight people did that in one day at one airport and then every airport around the world. The police can't do their job, like the drug smugglers and the human, all the other stuff that happens, the aggressive at the airport. So they'd, ha- they'd cave under straight away. Then it would get around, like, they'd drop it. And this is the belt power to the people. If one person can do it, anyone could do it. But, like, we can show it works. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'd like to... To kind of push now is that let's let's take our power back because they can't explain to us there's there's no reason why we should be doing this like apart from if you're pushing the vaccine you're making money from it full stop because a soulful being wouldn't push it but you'd let people have their freedom as their choice which we were told initially yes you know it was interesting when you're telling your story it was like these police they didn't know what to do with you because no one has ever questioned them and just like you said, if people start to question and then it starts to get momentum, when we get momentum, we move things, right? And so mm-hmm. we need to all just band together and just question everything and actually put it into action. Because I know there's so many people, I hate this, I hate that, I won't do that. But when it gets to, you know, being under pressure, we we crack. That is the, the main point I want to take out of this is just stand your ground and know your rights. Like just... And it sucks. It's very inconvenient, right? It's and especially, I mean, thank goodness. Do you have kids? I don't know if you have kids or not, Harry. I didn't. I didn't see any kids. No, not kids. When I was creeping on all your things, but um, <laughs> I did see a dog though, like really cute, a Rottweiler. <laughs> Is it a Rottweiler? Yeah, that, that's in Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil though. So that's what I want to go back to. Oh, he, 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 Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> oh, cute. I love. He's like he's yeah. darling. Uh, I grew up with Rottweiler, so I'm like, oh, Rottweiler. So, and I've seen this a lot too. I feel like the women are really like standing their ground almost more than men. Like, I feel like there's a masculinity shift, which kind of frustrates me. Um, that's one thing that I can commend you. I feel like you have, you're pretty good balanced, at least, at least what I can see and what I've snooped on. Like, I feel like you balance your masculinity, but also your feminine side. I feel like you have that good, like it comes out when it needs to. And then the masculinity comes out when it needs to. And and I'm not saying all men, but a lot of men that I've noticed, it's like feminine. They let their power go. And it frustrates me because I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be the protectors. You know, like you're supposed to stand up for us women. But I feel like we have had to take the roles because, you know, mama bear coming to town. I have two little boys. And so it's like, no, no, no. You know, when you're going to force my kids to wear masks and no, don't even, you know, put that vaccine near my kid. Like, 
I have to step up and the, and it seems like the males are like taking a back seat and the women are having to be the voice. It's at least what I've been noticing in America anyways. So it's frustrating with me. We're commending the word vulnerable and people play a character of the vulnerable person. But even that, like when you're being vulnerable, the moment you be, you've did it, that's strength. You're not vulnerable anymore. So saying I am vulnerable, that's the past. Like that's the scary bit. As soon as you do it, you're strong, your courage. That's what it takes. So it's the, I, I just think it's like, well, again, the condition that we've been put in is to, it's okay to be vulnerable. If you say, I am a human being, you're not going to say, I am vulnerable. You'd say, I am strong. I am courage. So I, I just think just, it's these labels, these roles. And I think it's just, it's just been kind of pushed into the TV, the education system as well. And, and it's, yeah, I, I, I think we've lost... Yeah, I think it's a manly thing when you say your truth, but we, we don't do that now because we worry about what other people think. There's so much pressure on us now, especially on social media, that we don't say things out of line because someone's not going to like it. But again, like you said earlier, if you speak your truth, you, that's okay. Like, and, and you get more respect for that. And also the, the, the confrontation on the other side doesn't normally come with that. They respect you too. So, okay, that's, that's good. Making that distinctive um, shift of being in a vulnerable situation opposed to actually being vulnerable. Because I feel like when you become, you know, and I'm doing air quotations right now, vulnerable, you're stepping into your power. Like you're being who you're supposed to be. You're being that true, your true self, your authentic self. And so I love that you made that distinction. It's like, listen, like, I don't know if you just did it on this podcast, but I remember watching a video, but you talked about the vulnerability and that really resonated with me. I'm like, yes, he gets it. Like it's, you're in a vulnerable situation, but you're not being vulnerable. You're being, you're stepping into your power, which is freaking awesome. So awesome. I get it. And I hope people listening to this gets it, get it. Um, I am, I am on another planet half the time. So <laughs> my listeners, like, I, I didn't tell you this. My listeners are like, so I have like the most broad range of listeners because of everything that I've gone through. Um, just being the stay at home mom, being the, um, I used to be a makeup artist, being, you know, the media girl on a freaking rock station and like all all those like really manly men and then and then transitioning into the being a healer and so I have all like the people that are like loving the spirituality talk. So it's like my range and people it's funny and especially in like show business and media and entertainment, they're like, you need to pick one person that listens to you, like what is the main category? I'm like, dude, it is literally like all colors like I'm a rainbow. Like it's, it's everybody, you know? And so it's a little different, but, um, so I appreciate you sharing your story with me, but I, if you don't mind, I come alive when, when I talk about spirituality and people just like waking up. Um, obviously you have a lot of stories. I kind of touched base on one earlier about you just waking up in a jail cell, like one day and you're like, um, I don't have, I don't recall what happened and I'm in jail in another country. Like, can you take us through, um, probably that, obviously that instant. And then like, what was your true spiritual awakening to shift the way you think, the way you help coach people, um, all of it and, and the way, and I know that you don't drink alcohol anymore, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been three, just over three years now, uh, since I stopped. And that, that was from that moment waking up in the cell, uh, in a Spanish island in Tenerife. Wow. <laughs> so take us through this. And 
Yeah, so, okay, so I'll give a, a quick backstory. I had two turning points in my life. So I, I ran a successful personal training company in London for 12 years. So my, my role then was training people, focusing on health and fitness. I then set up two side businesses. I thought business was easy. I was living the entrepreneur lifestyle. And I got hit really bad with fraud um, from a, can you remember the segways when they all come out? They were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I almost, I like almost crashed on one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was selling them and it was, it was so easy. We were making ridiculous orders every two weeks, but it was, it was fraud written all over and 93% of my payments online were fraud <gasps> and lost about 17K on there. Uh, got involved with some silly people in, in that. So that was stressful. I also had a side business with someone who was running the events for me. Um, and because I was distracted, wasn't paying attention, I said, you continue. He was then stealing money from me. And I literally, I paid no attention to my life. It was like I, I hid from every single stressful moment to the point I had a breakdown on a, like a school reunion uh, in Greece with, from friends. So that was the first turning point. Got introduced to Deepak Chopra and he, his 21 three-day meditation. And he just said something that stuck with me. Uh, I love analogies and that's how I work. And he just said, when you walk down the road and you get a stone in your shoe, he said, there's no thought to it. You pick the stone up and you throw it away. But when you walk down the road and you get a negative thought in your head, really you should just go into it and just throw that away too. But we don't know how to do it. So we leave it in there and it manifests. If you leave that stone in your foot, you walk funny, then you get a blister and you keep doing it, you get a bad knee, then about, everything's connected. So it just hit me straight away. I was like, oh, that's simple. So I then started meditating quite regularly, but still living this party lifestyle at the weekends, hiding from my stresses, did a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. Um, and I got into three situations, one in Texas in America on my first day out there. I got arrested three times. And I'm not, again, I'm not an aggressive person. I'm, I'm, I'm never, never in fights, never had a fight in my life. Um, but cheeky, very cheeky. And uh, wrong place, wrong time, you could say. And it was like a Hollywood movie. I, I had two moments where it, it wasn't my actions that I could deal with myself, but it's how it affected other people. Like my mum would obviously get worried that her son's getting in all this trouble. My business partner at the time was like having to wake up knowing that I'm in a cell and we had meetings planned. So it impacted other people. So I kind of made a conscious decision to calm down. And then it was a, a friend's spatula party or stag do, as we'd call it. And I, I, I was reluctant to go. I'd cut down a lot on alcohol at the time. And they said, just come. I woke up in the cell without knowing how. It was like a Hollywood movie. I literally woke up, didn't know where I was. And I turned around, this, there were the bars there. And I was in my swimming shorts. And uh, it was closed on Sunday. So I was in there for guaranteed 24 hours without oh even God. seeing anyone. <gasps> I don't know how I got in there. And my, my mind just went on all these different things. What have I done? I couldn't put anything together. I was at a pool party. I don't remember anything after that. And then I got charged with attempted robbery of a car. And I'm like, what? And I think they just picked up a drunk lad uh, on the street from the uh, UK. And they just, just said all these things. So I got, I've got no criminal record. I've had no charges. Of it. it all dropped. But I remember being in the cell and I had that voice. You've got no control of your life right now. What are you doing? And uh, after that, I just said, I'm not drinking ever again. And, and that not drinking, that was my spiritual journey because you, first of all, you, you worry what other people think of you. 
and they call you boring or they go on and you have to justify why you're you're drinking why you're not drinking then uh, you get to a stage where you can be okay with saying no so people will say do you want to drink and they keep doing it they keep doing it yes. and say no I'm not drinking whereas before it was like a hesitancy um but then it's trusting in your your intuition is like I work ego and soul just simplify things and your soul knows when you don't want to go out. Your friends have invited you out and said, go on, come out. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I might go. I'll try to go. I might maybe go. If you do go, your soul suffers. You get a hangover, but your soul's telling you next morning, I told you. And if you don't go because you said I might do, your friends suffer. So just on that, it's like you say no or yes or I will. And it's just that that's how easy it is. And I now use that as my teachings for everything else. So it's really helped me kind of develop. And in the, the midst of all that, I just went on this self-discovery uh, amount of books I've listened to and read now. And uh, it led from kind of business, self-help to spirituality. And Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer. Like uh, Wayne Dyer is like my spirit guide. And then Ram Das. I'm pretty sure he talks through me all the time now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it's just it's been incredible because what i didn't realize is that when you go to school you learn things that are meaningless and school's boring so when you finish school that means stop learning if someone just told me go and listen to those those autobiographies go and listen to their story go and look how their life is now i'd have been a successful man-made millionaire by the time i was 18 if i left school listening to them books and i'd have got excited about learning so I think there's so much kind of positivity when you listen to other people's stories. And then with when you are in a bad place and you're stressed, people keep telling you, oh, it's okay, speak your truth. It's okay to speak about it. I didn't want to. I'd lock myself in my room. But what I did do was listen. And Wayne Dyer, he literally, his stories just hit my soul every single time. So another thing is if, if you're not in a good place and you want to change, it's okay not to speak about it. What you need to do is change. So start listening to other people and it'd be one thing that someone says and you'll go on a completely new path. And once you put one thing into place and you feel it, it's like, oh my God, it's so simple. And now I'm a, I, I did Deepak's, I went to see him in Hawaii. I did his primordial sound meditation course over eight months. I've created my own concept, Think Future Feel Now. I connect with all sorts. You can call me as woo as you like. I have trees and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm into my plants. I love it. Uh, I, <laughs> I have crystals in my plants. But, really? Yeah. And I talk to them all yeah, the mine time. Yeah, have got names and everything. I look like a creep. I look like that. What's that one movie, uh, The Joker, where he's like washing his mother's hair in the bathtub? I don't know if you've seen that scene. But I'm like that with my plants. I'm like wiping. I'm like, how are you doing today? And I play like Trevor Hall, like amazing music and like just soft and like, yeah, anyways, go on. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It, it seems all, if you're not from that world, all of it seems crazy. But the one thing that I can tell you, I feel fucking fantastic now. I feel great. And you can't ever take my feelings away. You can disagree with my opinions, but I feel good. And, and the thing that I'm noticing now is that I've lost so many of my close circles and even more so with the COVID because I've been speaking out about it. And usually before I would have then changed, I would have deleted a post off. I would have maybe calmed down on certain stuff, but I'm always going back to them. Now, I just think if I continue this for the next five years and I'm the same all the time, 
the only person that has to change is them. Go, oh, Harry's been the same all the way through. He has changed. So you 10 years ago were completely different to what you are now. So change happens anyway. But when it's in a short space of time, people can't accept you. And yeah. I think that's the spiritual journey for me is, uh, yeah, it, it, it's knowing that it's okay to let go what we know because what comes your way and you connect with people like yourself, like it's a whole new world. And like you said, I get excited about talking about this stuff. And it's like, what else can we do? Like what other things can come our way? Right. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I want to share his story, but then I'm like, I really can't wait till we talk about his spiritual awakening. <laughs> it's just like, it, it, like, I'm just like, kind of like, can't wait. But um, yeah, just like you said, I had a lot of friends that unfollowed me that I thought were my friends, you know, and they're like, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, when, when you're ready, I feel like with a lot of people too, it's like they get to a point where they're, they're ready to listen. They're ready to change. It's just, it's, it's, we have to remember, and it was hard for me. It was hard that transition when I started speaking my truth. Like I, I feel, I've, I've always been very outspoken, but when it's about something that is taboo or people don't want to talk about, that's where you get shunned w with other people. But then you start to, you lose those people and you gain so much more is how I saw it and how I've, you know, obviously it's come to pass. And, um, you just have to remember, like, you have your own journey, you have your own timeline, they have their timeline, and they may not be ready for you yet. And eventually they will. Like, I have a couple of friends that are like, yeah, I followed you. I followed you back, though. Like, I keep seeing this unfollow, follow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like, well, you weren't talking so much about politics this week. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm never going to change. <laughs> That's always like, I don't, I try to do it. I, I've shifted a little bit my energy because I love laughing. I'm all about laughter. Like laughter is medicine. Laughter like fills the soul. And so if it is something about politics, I try to, for the most part, try to put a funny spin on it. Like I'll make fun of it, you know, like, so that's what I try to do the most, but, um, not, it's not all funny, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's really sad when people are, you know, dying of the vaccine and it's not being reported because the mainstream media is, ruled by money and they, they, they lead you down one path. And so I'm like, okay, well, this needs to be seen, you know? So I obviously still share that, but I totally mm -hmm. get what you're saying. Like, I'm always just like, yeah, I'm going to lose some, but I'm going to gain so much more. And that's how I, I see it. But, um, so you went through this and how is, how has this changed? Um, we kind of briefly said that you're a soul coach. So mm -hmm. will you expand a little bit more on that? Yeah, so I, I think the first of all, life coach is that I, I was trying hard to find my identity. I, I've been personal trainer uh, for 16 years. I didn't want to be labeled as a PT. What, what I did with my clients, even as a personal trainer, was so much more than what perception of a PT was. And again, labels don't do us any favors. And life coach, I thought as a true definition of life coach, I'd help people become aware of every aspect of their life getting them to really like pay attention and, and kind of check check in with themselves. But it was the soul that I was teaching, uh, that I was speaking to. Like I'd literally bypass all their excuses, all the opinions and everything that they can't do and they won't do and they, they don't want to. I literally talked to them. What is it that you want? Like, don't worry about what anyone else is. And it was always this truthful answer that come through. It was a soulful answer. And then within the experiences, a lot of people said it was like my soul was awakened. Uh, it was, they called me the soul shaker. It's like I went in there and I was like, I see you. 
I just give you a little shake and all of a sudden you're looking at yourself in the mirror again through the eyes of your soul. You're appreciating yourself, you're loving yourself and your soul's having a party inside you. So it's, it was, I just thought that was a good, nice way of putting it is that if we can simplify life to ego and soul, every bad decision you make is an egotistical decision. And when you've made that bad decision, your soul's going, I told you. And you're like, I knew I should have done that. So if you just trust in your soul and if you don't want to go spiritual, that's your intuition. That's that gut feeling. If you just trust in that and go with it, you'll make the, the truthful decision every single time. Amen. Shit. That was good. Yeah. I like it. I think you need to change it to soul shaker. I like that. It has a, there's a something with soul shaker. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a soul shaker. If they, t if they told me to get on a dance, I can't dance though. So maybe they're, they're associated <laughs> with dancing. That's funny. Well, and actually I want to touch base on this. So you're huge into meditation, which I absolutely love. Like I meditate every day. It's something that I need. It's like feeding, it's like feeding my body. It's feeding my soul. And tell me what's your meditation routine like and you know any advice that you have for people to help them get into med meditating because i i hear it a lot from like the people that i run into i can't get there i can't meditate my mind wanders i've tried for like a day or two in a row and i'm like well it's a practice obviously we have to practice if we ever want to get good at something we have to practice it every day um so l i want to hear it from your your perspective yeah so i think the first thing like you said the the resistance comes with meditation because we get the same comments i can't quiet the mind i've got too many thoughts going on um i can't sit still if you listen to what they said it's my mind and my thoughts meditation isn't about your thoughts it's about your feelings it's your senses it gives you the experience and your thoughts aren't part of your senses so i like to kind of split it up there's your thoughts okay let me backtrack a bit meditation we also often say and it's about being still being quiet Whereas I think meditation is like, that's where all your hard work is. You create. So when your eyes are closed, I can literally create whatever I want. That's my mind. But whilst you're creating, I want you to feel it. Like that's the real experience. And if you think about, again, like thoughts and feelings, I think about my past. It's gone. So I'm thinking, but I'm feeling that stress now. I worry about my future. It hasn't even happened yet. And that worry, that stress, that anxiety, that's now. So we just literally thought, thought first. I see someone, they make me happy. I watch something on COVID, it makes me angry. Thought first, feeling second. Bypass the thoughts, just tap straight into your feelings and the meditation becomes exciting. I create my own raves and I literally have most euphoric moments ever within 10 minutes. And <laughs> I'm going off in my day again. So I'd like to kind of redefine meditation. It's your own experience, your own creation. But within that, you can start feeling it, you believe it, and you come out as a knowing. So my, I've got a concept called Think Future Feel Now, and I kind of guide people past, present, future, how's that feel? And all of a sudden, that's the soul awakening. You actually start feeling again. And then as a human being, we don't express our feelings enough because we worry about what people think. But when you do express your feelings, no one can ever deny that. Like That's how you felt. And that's the key bit. It keeps coming back to your feelings. So I would say when you can't quiet the mind, don't worry about it. Make it busy. Make it creative. But just listen to yourself. That's a great way of putting that. For some people, it's running. When they're running, they're meditating, right? Because I know I can get into mm -hmm. that meditative state when I run. Um, but I, it's different for everybody. And I think that's what the main point 
about this too, is like, it's, you find what works for you. It does, you know, everybody like, some people like to sit up and do the, you know, um, and like in the, in the lotus pose and, and it's, some people meditate the best way in that, that pose. Some people love it, you know, laying down. Some people meditate, you know, with their eyes open, like running and things like that. So it, it's just like, find, don't give up just because you try it one way, find what works best for you. And I've actually transitioned. I used to love laying down and meditating. Like I'm, t- I love sitting up now. Like, I mean, I do, I, I take hop a, so it does help when I sit up, but that's plant medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It, whew, I tried some new stuff yesterday about knock me on my ass. Um, but I was sitting up and I was just like, I got to stay up or I'm going to like, you know, anyways. Um, so yeah, people figure out what, what works best for them. And I love that. What you said, it's like, well, if your mind goes there, use it, be creative. Like creativity is so important. Like I believe that we are put on this earth to create. Of course we are. Look at, look how far we've come from like the stone ages, you know, and like you have Tesla and like, it's insane. The creativity that goes on in this world. And, you know, obviously, especially in America, like a lot of, you know, businesses, like small businesses, just tons are, are just booming in America, especially where I think my state is actually huge for um, new businesses. And even where I'm Lehigh, Utah, like it's, it's huge for small businesses right now. And, um, even during, you know, the Rona and all that people are creating. And when we don't create, I feel like there's a part of like our soul that we're not activating. And even if it's like something as small as like just drawing or, you know, or just making a necklace or something like just be creative. I think that's so important. And, and once you get into that creativity, like then you, you get into a flow and then you're like, oh shit, like this feels good. And then you start to create more and more. And it just like, just keeps going and going. And it's then the wheels turning. And then it's like, you have that momentum and it's just, oh, sorry, I can go on for, <laughs> I've been talking about flow <laughs> the, like the last week. So it's been on my mind, but I'm all about like just getting, finding your flow. Like I, I've experienced being out of my flow for so long and, and I'm so happy that I'm actually like in it now. And I'm just like, fuck this is euphoric. Like this feels so good. So yeah. <laughs> that That's literally what meditation should be called. It should be called flow. And it's, it's finding things that you love doing. All your good ideas come in the shower when you're driving, when you are like on a long run, because you haven't got the clutter of that thunderstorm of your thoughts. So again, that flow allows you to be in harmony and then pop, great idea pops up. So I've, I've got this hypothesis. So I'm going to say it here first. So we're told that we should sleep eight hours. Like that's been proven by research now in science. I believe that we, we're awake too long, 16 hours. So if we go eight, 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 eight hours sleep, eight hours wake, and eight hours flow. And within flow, we do sports, we meditate, we create, we express ourselves. And if we lived life like that, you'd, you'd age a third slower than what we do at the moment. Hell yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I think that's definitely you're on to something. You should write. You should get that. Yeah. We do. We do a retreat together. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're definitely in your flow. Like you, things are going good for you. Like, what? What now? Like you're gonna go back to Brazil, and what do you do in Brazil? Like, tell us. Yeah. So at, at the start of the year, I was in Brazil at Christmas time. Um, Coronavirus really impacted my gyms in London. Uh, like literally overnight, we lost uh, an, an amount of revenue because trainers would then go off and do their own things, weren't paying rent. 
to the point where it was just survival. I'm, I'm away in Brazil living the life, having to come back to close down a company that I had no passion for. And at that point, I made a decision that I can, I can work from my phone. So why not start living in places and start experiencing life myself that way? Um, and then being out in Brazil, I got to learn the language, which I've been lazy all my life. And that's been really interesting. Uh, some incredible people out there as well. And so I'd, I'd like to give that a go and actually go around Brazil and, and, and start experiencing like it's good weather, it's the food, uh, it's incredible, it's cheap living costs, and everyone's happy. It is a soulful place. Everyone dances, which I'm trying to learn as well. Um, but my main goal, my main goal is to, with these experiences, people just need to be happier. Like there's so much stress going on. And if you if you just dedicate 10 minutes to your life, you'd be happier. So I want to, my main goal is to set up the Royal Albert Hall. I saw Eckhart Tolle there a few years ago and I was like, this is where I want to be. I want to deliver one of my experiences and I get people just feeling the energy and feeding off each other. And like this big laughter comes out after I've got the music, I've seen it all. And, and that would be the, the main one. And then I just want to go around the world. I want to be on stage and I, I, not I want to, I will be on stage and I, I want to just deliver, I want to share information, share experiences and I want to hear other people's stories. So uh, expect to see me a lot more in America because I love it out there. Hell yeah. Um, but that's that's the plan next. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that you just, you caught yourself. You said, I want, and you said, I will. Like that right there. <laughs> like you, words are so important. And I try to teach that to my kids all the time because they're like, oh, I'm going to have a bad day. I'm like, stop or you will. Like you need to change your words. Like even just saying them out loud, even if you don't believe them at first, like it's just saying that puts that out to the universe and that's going to happen. And it's my youngest son's five. How old is he? Five, five. <laughs> my oldest is six. They're, only, <laughs> they're not even like, they're a little over a year apart. And my youngest, it's funny because he's like so sensitive. And I remember I was taking him to school last weekend and he's like, mom, he's like, I'm going to have such, he was so mad they had to go to school. Like we, this is like an ongoing battle. Like they're, I don't want to go to school. It's horrible. I'm like, oh man, you, you got a ways to go, buddy. You know, and it's just, just this bad attitude. And then he goes, and then I ended up calling or yeah, the office called me. He wasn't feeling good. And I go and pick him up. And he's like, we walk out of the school and he's like, mom, you're right. And I was like, what? And he's like, I said, I was going to have a bad day and look, look what happened. And I was like, I love that he noticed it. I love that he caught, like he's, yeah, my, my son's the one, like my youngest, he, he has a vision board and like three things have already come to pass on his vision board. And a lot of them are animals. And I'm like, you better slow down, buddy. Like we, <laughs> he's like, mom, I, I have a puppy coming. Like he keeps telling me I have a puppy coming. And then like, I, lately I've been having visions of this, like, like this Husky and I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> I can't, I like, I already have, I have tons of animals. I have goats and chickens and dogs and cats. And I'm just like, I can't do any more animals, but he keeps like his pace of manifestation is insane. Like when you can teach them at like such a young age, like it's crazy. And like, now I'm just like getting a little worried. Cause I'm like, you, you got to slow down buddy with the manifestation, like <laughs> easy there. Um, but yeah, I, I, words are so important. And I love that you caught yourself in that moment and changed it to, I will do this. That is huge. I see you getting there at such a rapid pace. Like, I feel like you're, you're definitely on your way there already. Like you are going to make such a huge impact you already do in people's lives, but the whole world needs to see you. They need to see, they need to feel your energy. They need to see your presence. They need to hear your words. And I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. And, and I hope one day that we connect again. And, and, you know, obviously I know that we're going to stay friends. Like 
I just know this because we're both cool people and we both know energy. <laughs> so we're like, we're once you find, you know, it's like once you find those people, like they're part of your tribe, they become your tribe and totally like see you as part of my tribe. This has kind of been like fresh in my mind, but once we can get into that flow and stuff and when other challenges come our way, it's like, it's almost, we're ready for them. We embrace them because we know that it's going to, we're going to learn something from it. It's going to challenge us in a way that we have growth and even if we may not see it right then and there, like we will, we'll get to that point. And I think that's why it's so important to get your head right. Get your your mind mind ready in there and you're thinking in the right spot for when those challenging times come. We, we can handle them in a way where it's not chaotic and in, in a way where we're, our life isn't falling apart when we have that news or that bad news or, you know, and I'm saying this with a negative you know, about negative things, because obviously we all, we're pretty good at embracing the good things. Right. But that's life. Like we have to have that opposition to see the the beauty and the good in things. So do you have anything else that you want to share with us? And, and obviously we're going to go like, you need to go down, like how can people connect with you? Um, how do they get a hold of the courses that you offer? Like, I want to hear all that, but before you get into that, like, do you have anything else that you want to end on? I've got a, a thought-provoking one uh, on words. Okay. So, uh, okay. Uh, if I if I ask you, uh, what do you imagine? Um, how would you imagine a seventy-year-old man to be like, in your head? What would he look like? The first thing that came into my mind was gray hair, kind of hunched over with a cane. What about an eighty-year-old man in the bed <laughs> with a tray? <laughs> But none of them had a six pack. Oh no, no. Okay, so, Not America. so straight away our mind goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, our mind, go, our mind goes there because that's what we're used to, right? Yeah. But if we search for it, we would be able to find it. So when someone in in England asks you how old are you, what are the first two words that you say? Uh, my. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know. Like I guess I give my age because I don't <laughs> care. But what would you say beforehand? The first two words. Oh, I'm old. How old am I? How old am I? I, I am. I, oh, I, I am. But I am. Okay, I am. Yeah. So what? Whatever follows, I am becomes truth. So if you think about it, so I am. You've already got a picture of what a seventy-year-old looks like. So as soon as you say seventy, you turn into this picture in your head. And I learned this because when I'm learning Portuguese, they don't say I am, they say I have. And they say, how many years do you have? I have 20 years. So if we tell ourselves, so numbers are our trap. Numbers put us in cages, weeks. We've had a bad week. What does that mean? It's that I've trained twice this week. If you remove weeks, you remove the numbers, you just haven't trained in a while, now start again. So if you label I am and the number, that becomes your identity. Midlife crisis, t- bratty teenager, I am, I am, because there's an association to it. So I'm going to challenge people, when you start thinking of ages, think of your best 70-year-olds, like as if you're 40. So when you say I am going through your life and you're like 40, 40, 40, when you're that, or just the, the image of it, let's not even think of how old they are. That's what you become. And I, and I really believe that if we tell kids these things when they're younger and they believe, well, when you're 70, <laughs> that's what you look like, and everyone's now 40, they would age very slowly. So uh, the, the power of the words, like the English language is so deceptive, there's 107 words for deception on its own. 
There's, it's mental. You say hello, hell, good morning, morning, awake. They're all words representing death and hell. They're common words put in. And so this whole system that we live in was created all the way back there. And it starts with a language. If you listen to every word that comes out of my mouth, it's only positive words. Unless I'm explaining it, I never use a positive, a negative word. Never forget. Always remember. Don't give up. Keep going. There's always an alternative. And I really believe these negative words have been put in here because, like your son, he's manifesting whatever he puts out there. So there's loads to this. I'm doing a talk very soon on word magic and even a spelling. It's a spell. <laughs> <laughs> We put spells on ourselves. <laughs> I love it. You know, the monks have something going for them. They're just not speaking all together. Like, I mean. <laughs> that's, that's God's language. You can't, you can't, you get confused when it's silence. That's right. just a feeling then, isn't it? <laughs> right. See, the monks are on to something. I think if there's one religion that, that has it, it's, it's the religion of Buddha, Buddhism. Um <laughs> fuck yeah i love that oh my gosh so wait you're you're gonna what course is that that you're gonna be talking about like the words and stuff like that so, so that one's just gonna be like an instagram live okay. um I, I like to give information so but it ties in with all my coaching because we like when you ask people what they want i want this i might do this i'll try to do this i literally move all that change it i will and if you don't want to do it no and that's it. And again, you'd be true to your word then. And again, it's simplifying things. And no is so powerful. No is not a negative word. But I can't. I, I can't do this. And even can't. I can't wait to see you. I can't recommend you enough. Like Break down the words. I can't recommend you enough. Why not? I've done a really good job. You should be recommending. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's awesome it just take the fucking pebble out of your shoe already you know it's that simple just like the analogy that you use i love it. i'm always going to use that by the way thank you i'll give you credit <laughs> i love i absolutely love it and harry where can everybody find you first of all so i want you to give all your instagram if you're on facebook um all your handles or your email address and then how do they get a hold of your courses that you offer yeah, so um, Harry Thomas Coaching uh, on the Instagram page and harrythomascoaching.com is my website. Uh, YouTube, I'm a, a YouTuber now with uh, my new video, so Harry Thomas UK. And um, on the website, uh, I've got a platform called Lads Talk Health, and there's another guy that I do it with. I think you, you, you saw his presentation, James, incredible soul as well. And we coach each other when... Um, when things that maybe don't go the way we want to, we learn from each other. Um, and we created a course um, and we simplified it to four foundations. And it's ego, make you aware of your ego first. And then once you have all the different uh, things stopping you, then we, we identify your soul. And then once you found these two, you're present. So we, we're finding you in your now, which means you have a choice. And then how do we turn up as our best self? So we've got a workshop that runs over four days focusing on them areas. And in the mix of it, there's meditation, breath work, there's wordplay. Uh, there's so much to it, but it's, it's kind of like all of our truths and all of our experiences we condensed into it. But it, it's something that you can start implementing into your life right away. I absolutely love it. I can't recommend you enough. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I, I love that you said this because now I'm going to like focus on, am I allowed to say not? Wait, that's a negative word. Kind of not. Uh, oh fuck. I'm like, okay. I gotta, I need to take your course. So I, I'm glad that you brought that to my attention. I, I do. And everybody should take your course. Like, I think it's, it can, it can only do good. Like you just, you're such an amazing soul. Like your, your spirits on fire. Like everybody needs to check you out. At least like go to your Instagram at, add Harry Thomas on Instagram, please. And I mean, you're Harry my, Thomas coaching. Yes. Harry Thomas coaching. Um, his videos are amazing. Like you should pay just to watch his videos. Like they're so good. Like he has so much, um, information that will help you become a better, better person, live your life the way you want to live. Like, it's just, it's awesome. I, I think you're, you're great, Harry. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, I could go on and talk to you forever, but I do have to pick my son up here in like 30 minutes. So <laughs> oh, God, kids ruin everything. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, I was joking. On in the, on in the, the Ferrari movie. that he's manifested. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know I need to actually, I'm actually really bad at that. Like I love to joke a lot. But my joking has that, that negative, you know, like kids ruin everything. Like I have said that like before, just kidding. And I'm like, I need to just stop that. Like, and I have brought this up where I'm like, can't find my keys. I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like just the, those little things that we don't know, like we don't, you know, realize what we're saying. And, and I'm saying this in front of my kids. And I'm like, I would hate for my kids to say that. I'd hate for them to, to treat themselves like that. So I'm like, I didn't get my shit together. You know, it's getting there. Um, all right. So. Thank you again, Harry, for joining me on the Becca Hayes show. I'm sure we'll be, we'll keep in touch. I'm sure I'll have you back on because you have an amazing journey that I want to like keep in touch about and hear about. And I absolutely love it. So thank you so much. And yeah, looking forward to watching you grow and seeing you on stage. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed this conversation as well. <laughs>